everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'll Be Back podcast. Uh, this week, we are joined by a special guest, Owen Boyle, who uh, currently is at Temple. Owen, thanks for uh, joining us. Sean, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, no problem. Owen is uh, currently, uh, according to your Twitter bio, you are the uh, beat writer and uh, uh, I guess overall like head of WHIP sports right now. Uh, no, um, I am the head of social media. Head of social so, media, that's what it is. Yeah, so the uh, WHIP uh, sports, uh, I do um, beat writing, uh, reporting, broadcasting. So uh, I do I do a lot. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, uh, you're probably, you're not the first student. We had, uh, you know, Sam Cohn and Sam Newman. We had them on. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you've done some work with them at least once. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we had yeah. John De Great we guys. had John DiCarlo on as well from Alscoop. Um, yeah. Um, so what what do you think of the season so far? I mean, we had two nice wins last week. Um, back to 500 basketball. I know it's been a, a little crazy. What do you what do you think? I know you have uh, probably more access to most in this uh, weird season. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been weird. You you said it perfectly. I think uh, the start of the season was not what uh, what everybody was looking for, but it's good for them to kind of start to feel like they're, they're in a groove a little bit here, get, get two wins uh, in a row. Uh, and hopefully all those COVID postponements are, are behind them. They don't have to go through that uh, anymore, but this season it's, it's been up and down, but, but hopefully right now it looks like it's trending uh, in the upwards direction. So it's been a fun season so far to, to, to cover. And, and I hope it, it gets better for, for this team. You say back to 500 basketball, uh, you know, stepping up their playing conference uh, competition right now. So uh, definitely on the up and up. So did you cover the team last year or is this your first year covering the basketball team? I covered the team last year. So uh, I've been been here for two years. I'm a sophomore, so have had uh, the covering opportunity for two years. Do you see any differences this, like what are your observations from last year covering the team to this year? Well, I, I think the the one big difference is is three point shooting. We've seen a guy like Brendan Barry come on and come out of nowhere, basically from from Dartmouth. He got here just a few days before that first game against NJIT, uh, and and he's been lights out. It's really fun to watch him. Uh, Damian Dunn ha has been strong uh, from three. Dre Perry's starting to get into a groove. He struggled a little bit, but uh, they really lacked that three point shooting last year, um, and, and all those guys who had some ability shooting the ball from from deep left you know Monty Scott Alani Moore transferred graduated uh Quentin Rose graduated um you know we, we know Nate Pierre-Louis wasn't the strongest shooter um and it's nice to to have a point guard and and two two guards in fact in Damian Dunn and Jeremiah Williams who can uh shoot the ball and it's nice to see it was actually uh, good to see Caleb Battle on the floor uh, against Tulane. He, while he didn't, you know, have the best of performances, it, it's understandable first game. But um, it looks like they have a little bit more depth at the guard position, three point shooting this season, and and so far that's been the biggest thing, at least at least that I've seen. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And uh, there's a, a couple people who listened to this. We were all texting on, uh, you know, the last couple games how good Barry has been in that addition of just having that, like, he is a pure three-point shooter, and it's really something that the team, like you said, lacked last year, um, and it, it is just kind of cool, like, you, you see him in open three, you almost think it's going to go in, so he has been a great addition, and like you also said, he, he really joined the team, you know, right before Christmas break. 
Yeah, and he hadn't he hadn't played basketball in, in uh, about two years. He had an injury uh, last year that that prohibited him from playing, and then you know transferring it kind of limited him. So to see him kind of come on and have an instant impact, it, it's good for him, and it's also good for the team. Yeah. So seeing the team now six games in, like we said, they they had some you know starts and stops with COVID. Um, what do you think their their biggest challenges are? kind of going ahead with the rest of the season? Like, what, what's your outlook for the rest of the year, you think? Well, I think, like I said, they they look like they're starting to trend in the right direction. But uh, what what I've been noticing throughout the first half of the, the season is sometimes they, they struggle to get over the hump in the second half. And, and what I mean by that is uh, – they are very, they get very close. They get within one, two, three points of the opponent. And then the opponent, uh, a good example was the SMU game, both on the road and at home, actually, where they got it within, I think, four on the road. And they actually had a one point lead at home. Uh, and then the opponent pulls away. So I think that might be their toughest task because they are an inexperienced team. A lot of young guys, freshmen, redshirt freshmen, um, only, only a few seniors on the team. So that's going to be their biggest challenge is, is gaining that experience and getting that in-game experience to where they can actually get over the hump. And, uh, you know, I talked to, to coach McKee about that and he said that, you know, is a, is an issue for them and it, it's experience. It's the lack of experience. And I think what we've seen in the last two games uh, that getting out to a lead is crucial for this team and, falling behind early is probably not the biggest uh, or it's not the best for this team. We've seen them lose games where they've fallen behind early. The Houston one uh, early on in the season and, and the SMU one on the road. Uh, so I think those are going to be the two biggest things looking forward that they might struggle with is having to kind of not start strong, but, but not like fall behind early. You know, we saw that they started very strong against Tulane and then they kind of, dipped off in the end of the second or in the end of the first half uh, they they started I think they had 11 point lead and then at halftime it was down to just two so uh, it's about kind of when you have that lead like really ex expanding on it but that's just going to come with game experience and the fact that they've only played six games this season doesn't doesn't help them but I think as the season moves on they're going to get better at that. No, and I agree with everything you said, and especially like that SMU game, you're right. I mean, it was just, they fell by behind, it seemed like quickly, like right out the gate, it was like down eight, and then they, you're, you're absolutely right, they'd cut it to two, cut it to three, and then, that, you know, they'd give up a quick 6-0 run, and it just eliminated everything they did to claw back into the game. Um, and maybe it's just, I've been a Temple fan for so long, I'm so used to it, <laughs> and you just, there's just certain one of those games, like they're down by 12 in the second half, and you're like, you, you think they can come back, but in the back of your mind, you're like, they're not going to like just they're And I, I think this is a good team. And I think you're, you're absolutely right about it's young guys. And that's just something that's going to come with their experience. Hopefully. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Jeremiah Williams? I think he's been uh, quite the treat so far. And uh, I mean, for him to come in as a freshman and just control the offense and have his defensive presence. Uh, it's been fun to watch. Yeah. And I think coming into the season, we, didn't know who was really going to take over that that point guard role uh, because of the departure of Nate Pierre-Louis. And I think he's definitely taken it, taken it very well, taken it in stride. Uh, I think the defensive side of his game has been much more impressive than the offensive side of the game. Not that the offensive side of the game has been bad. Uh, I know Coach McKee said in the Tulane press conference that, uh, or we, I think it might have been UCF, that uh, he – 
would like to see him a little bit more involved offensively, but that his, his defensive game is tremendous. Um, high praise from, from a great coach. And I think he definitely offers a different, uh, a different form of point guard than we've seen in the past at, at this Temple uh, program. You know, Nate Pierre-Louis couldn't really shoot, but he did a good job driving to the rim, drawing fouls. Um, Jeremiah Williams has a little bit more of a uh, bigger package that, that he offers. Basically, he can shoot the three ball, shoot the jumper, uh, and get to the line. He can do all those things that Nate Pierre-Louis can do, but he has the potential to be better than Nate Pierre-Louis, and, and he's shown those, those signs early on. And it has been fun to watch. Uh, I love how you know, when, when he drives to the rim, he, he does that Euro step. He's done it a couple times this season where we haven't seen that a lot from, from Temple guards in the past where they're really aggressive driving to the rim. And it's been a bright spot so far for the Owls. No, he, he's been really, really fun. And like he's going into this year, I didn't know who the point guard would be. I mean, you know, they lost Nate Pierre-Louis and they lost the backup Alani Moore. Um, so, and there was kind of a lot of guys to go around. I mean, Dunn's more of a two guard, but you thought maybe he could get some minutes there with battle transferring in. Um, I mean, Jaleel White is unfortunately hurt, but they're saying, you know, in high school, he was a point guard as well. Um, so for Jeremiah to really separate himself. And I mean, right now, I, I looked at the other day, he's playing like 30 minutes a game, at least, you know, as a freshman, uh, he's, he's doing a lot really well. So like, what do you think um, McKee has said? I mean, you've been to more of the press conferences, like what has McKee really like said about his game that he likes? It's, it's definitely been the defensive side. He's always, mm. that's what we've been hearing so far. It's the defensive game. He's, he's a good one-on-one -on -one defender. Uh, and we, we look at the defenders that, you know, they had last year and Napier Louis was very good defensively. And now you have Jeremiah Williams here, who's very, very good defensively. He comes from a very good program out in Chicago. Derek Rose, you know, went, went to uh, his school. So, I think what, what McKee definitely wants him to work on is the offensive side of the ball, getting a little bit more involved. I think maybe the confidence uh, is it's not low, but I think maybe if he can get a little bit more confident shooting the ball and, and can be like a Damian Dunn, who's not afraid to, to shoot the ball. Uh, we've, I've seen noticed a lot that um, Temple likes to wait uh, till the shot clock gets, gets pretty low and they pass up some open shooting opportunities, which if you have a player that's, has some higher confidence or some some more confidence they're likely to take an open shot or take a contested shot instead of passing the ball up and I think the confidence aspect is something that Jeremiah can build on but the defensive aspect he's just going to continue to get better I think that's been a, a definite bright spot and the games against UCF and, and Tulane they were terrific defensively as as a team and Jeremiah Williams is a big factor in that and the second half against Tulane was very good uh, they they kept it. Uh, they kept the scoring numbers for Tulane uh, pretty low in the second half. At least the first half, part of the the first half of the second half, their numbers were, um, uh, you know, pretty low. They, I think, they scored their first bucket maybe like eight to ten minutes into the second half. So the defensive performance, not just from Jeremiah, but but from everybody, has been very good this season, to say the least. Yeah, I think because uh, I was watching the game, I think the announcer said they start Tulane started off like 0 for 13 or 14 maybe to start that half. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying earlier about Temple in the second half should try to pull away from games because they were, you know, Tulane hadn't scored in about eight minutes, but it was still about a 10 or 11 point game. And, you know, hopefully a more experienced team would try to expand that lead to 20 points by then if your other your opponent hasn't scored in such a long time. Um, but yeah, that was a really good game. I thought Forrester had one of his best games. 
uh, the last two games, he's looked offensively and defensively better. Uh, anything on that? Yeah, Jake has been, uh, you know, he's been inconsistent. I think it's fair to say as, as a Temple Al. Um, last year, he had some good performances offensively, but his defensive game wasn't as strong. Uh, and this season, it was kind of a slow start. I remember uh, I called the SMU game on WHIP radio, uh, the, the one at home, and uh, I don't think he had a basket until pretty late in the second half. And he started to turn it on. You can see that there's something there with Jake Forrester, and it's just about improving his game. I like the game plan that they had for him uh, against Tulane, where he showed a, a bright spot in the first half, and then they really went to him in the second half. I, I asked him about that. I said, was the game plan to target you down low in the post. And he said once they figured out that he was having the success uh, against the four guard rotation that Tulane ran, uh, they really tried to utilize him more in the second half. And when he had his second career double-double, um, he's rebounding the ball well. His defensive, uh, his defensive game looks to be a little bit better than it was last year. And he's more of a, a confidence guy. Once he gets a few buckets here and there, maybe a block or a steal, that's going to make his game a lot better. And I've liked what I've seen from him over the past few games. Again, like I said, it was a struggle to start the season, but it was a struggle for everybody. I mean, Temple didn't start the uh, season that well, but like I said, kind of on the up and up here. And I think everybody's improving their game as we go along. And, and Jake was definitely one of the, the best players in the past two games and definitely the best player on the floor against Tulane. Yeah, Jake, I mean, I, I like his game a lot, and especially, like, I mean, he's not super athletic, but he's definitely, like, he, he seems there's games and plays where, like, he gets a block shot or a dunk, and you see that potential's there to, like, like, he has games where if he gets a dunk in the first couple minutes, you know it might be a game that Jake gets the ball going and has a game like he had against Tulane, and then, unfortunately, you know, the first couple of games of the year was, like, two minutes in, and he had two fouls or something, and he's out of the game so quickly. So he, he is such an up-and-down guy, and I think finding that consistency will be key for this team. Yeah, just to – I mean, the the foul trouble, that's, that's like – I totally forgot to mention that, but that's been a big part for this, this Temple team, and especially Jake Forrester. And Temple doesn't have the depth at the big man position as many other teams in this conference uh, do. So – those games that they struggled in the, the first few games, they were either in foul trouble or the other team's big guys, their taller players were just out muscling, out bodying and playing much better than Temple's big man. I mean, you have uh, Jake Forrester or Rashma Parks and the freshman Nick Jordan. That's, that's not a lot. Um, unfortunately, you know, Rashma Parks hasn't been playing up the up to the standard I thought he was going to be playing at this season. He hasn't got a ton of minutes and I can tell maybe there's some uh, issues there regarding his shoulder injury he had last year. Uh, and Nick Jordan, it seemed like he was getting some minutes in the first few games against NJIT. I liked his defensive game. Um, it kind of died down. Uh, I think he got minutes in the uh, one of the U, uh, it was either UCF or SMU where he got minutes uh, over Arashma Parks early on. And Aaron said that it was about dipping his toe in the water, continuing to get that experience for him. And I think he has a bright future here, uh, but that could be another issue we're looking at is Temple's lack of depth at that big man position. And if they do get in foul trouble, who's going to fill that role? I, I know they went to small ball lineup a couple times throughout the last few games and it has worked, but against some of the better opponents in this league, you play a Houston um, 
or, or you play another team that, that is higher up in this conference, some of those small ball lineups might not work for you as well as they do against a team like a, a Tulane who's struggling. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, Dre Perry and JP Mormon, I like them both. They're great contributors and they're great. They seem like great team leaders as seniors, but you can't have both of them as your, you know, your four in the five for like the entire game. Um, I like Nick Jordan and I didn't know what to expect from him this year. He seems like a little bit of a project, um, yeah. but yeah, it, he seems like, you know, he, the efforts there when he has been in, it seems like he's going to run, he's going to jump, he's going to get rebounds and play defense enough that, you know, he can possibly earn, you know, that six, seven minutes a game, especially if Forrester is in foul trouble and you need to go to him. Um, Parks, definitely, it seems like that shoulder might just be an uh, underlying issue again this year. And I, you know, I, for his sake, I want him to be healthy and he had some good games last year. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. Yeah. And, and you see that, that big shoulder brace, brace on Arashma and it's clear that, uh, you know, something isn't, you know, he's just not a hundred percent yet. And, and that's okay because uh, with the level that Jake Forrester is playing at right now, uh, you, you can have that like player that's not playing as, as strong as he is. But I said to myself going into the season, it's not about the wins and losses. It's, it's about building for the future, uh, especially with this young team and, you know, to see guys like Nick Jordan get an opportunity to play. And like you said, he might be a project, but to get that experience in some of these games is going to be good for him going down and, and looking towards the future as maybe being, you know, somebody who solidifies himself at uh, this program and, and in this lineup. Yeah, no. And I, I really think um, the, the rest of the team has been playing well when, you know, given the circumstances when Forrester has gotten in those foul trouble, you know, they, they, they step up, you know, appropriately, but he really does have to stay out of it. Um, how do you feel about uh, Caleb Battle? I mean, like you said, that was his first game the other day. Have you, I don't know how much access you've had to practice or after practice interviews, stuff like that. Um, what, what other, besides, you know, the six or seven minutes that we got to see of him live for the first time, can you say about him? Yeah, I think it's, it's a tough, because of the COVID year, you know, all our press conferences, conferences are on zoom so you know last year we were able to go to some of the practices and see how see how they played and I got to see some of Ty Strickland and Damian Dunn while they weren't playing last year practice with the team that other people might not have gotten to see that's just not you know the case this year unfortunately because uh, they're you know Jaleel White, Sage Tolbert, other guys that we're not getting to see play right now but um, you know could be seeing some time in practice that we're just not getting uh, access to. Uh, I, I think that he's going to add something to the backcourt, um, just another presence back there, maybe take a little bit of the pressure off Jeremiah Williams, and maybe that's what he needs to step up his game and get a little bit more confidence. Uh, I, I like, you know, that it adds just another another option back there, really. Uh, I, I don't know a ton about him. You got 19 minutes uh, in his first game back, so obviously Aaron McKee sees something in battle. Uh, you know, he, he got his points at the free throw line, but I, I think all that goes with improvement and, and game experience. Uh, he's coming from, you know, Butler, which is uh, a big name, a big name college basketball uh, program. So I think going along, I'd like to see a little bit more of him to evaluate and analyze, like, how is he going to fit into this team? Not just this year, but going into the future. Um, you know, I wish I had more you know, information on him. I, I definitely think that Aaron McKee thinks very highly of him just because of how much involvement he did get in the game against Tulane. And I think we'll, we'll likely see a little bit more from him throughout the rest of the season. 
Yeah, I, I was intrigued by that transfer. I think he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, top 150 guy. Um, so yeah, adding somebody like that, and especially he said he went to Butler, who, you know, they're getting big name guys all the time. Um, and it stunk that he had that hamstring injury that kind of delayed uh, us getting to see him. Uh, so yeah, I think he definitely will be a, a good contributor, uh, you know, down the line, uh, which uh, unfortunately it sounds like Ty Strickland is slowly falling down the depth chart. Uh, I, I don't think, did he, he played did he play at all on Sun, uh, Saturday against Tulane? He didn't. Now, I'm looking at the box score now, and it, it's something that, that slipped my mind that he didn't play. But uh, it, it does seem like he is slipping down the depth chart. And uh, credit to, to the guys ahead of him for you know, beating him out. I mean, Ty Strickland is a, a guy who you know, is, his dad is, is very well known. Um, and he, he comes in with high regards to, to the Temple program as a transfer. And I think... It, it's another thing where if he has one, you know, game where he struggles, it's going to lead to a couple games in a row where he struggles. If he has a game where he plays well, he might start to get that confidence boost and, and play well. Like I said, I saw him at practice last year and he was, he's an exciting piece for this team. I just don't think he's figured it out yet. And he is, he is really struggling. He's struggling to score uh, from the floor, uh, from beyond. He, he really has only gotten his points from the free throw line and, and there hasn't been many points to go around for Ty Strickland. Um, and, and I hope he can work his way back into to the uh, to form that, that we've seen him in uh, you know, previously. The Temple fans have just not yet seen what Ty Strickland can offer, which is unfortunate because I think he, he is talented and, and he could definitely uh, provide another spark in the backcourt for this Al's team. But again, credit to the guys like Jeremiah Williams, Damian Dunn, Quincy Adam McCoy, even, um, and Brandon Berry, who are getting playing time and minutes over Ty Strickland. And, and maybe there's something uh, with that injury that he had that is still bothering him and he's still not hundred percent. We, we don't know those behind the scenes behind the um, injury kind of things. Uh, and, Maybe that's what's going on, but it, it is a little bit concerning to see the struggles that he has because he he came into the program with with such uh, high hopes, and I think everybody expected him to be a bigger part of the starting five or or the rotation uh, this year. And you just mentioned uh, another guy we haven't really talked about, uh, Quincy Adam McCoy. Uh, he, I based off his high school highlights, I was excited for him. I know there was talks of maybe him reclassifying, which could have been, they said his you know, recruiting would have blown up if it had happened. Um, so he's, in my mind, he seemed like a really good get. Um, he's had some struggles. I know he had the one game where he like had a bad shot and he was one for five from three. Um, it looks like if, I mean, he, I think he's a good shooter. I think defensively is how he's going to earn his playing time. Um, and anything like from that, like the, has McKee mentioned him at all in any of the press conferences or. Yeah, I think that, that giving him playing time, it's the same thing, as I said, with, with Nick Jordan and, and some of the other younger guys that just dipping their toe in the water, getting them game experience. It does seem like he is getting a little bit more game experience than, uh, initially thought. I think Aaron said originally, uh, it was just about getting him a few minutes here and there we saw him sparingly in the first couple games and we're starting to see him a little bit more here uh I think that you you mentioned he's he was a high talented prospect coming out of high school and you know the two guys that you had on on your podcast Sam Cohn and Sam Newman wrote wrote some good stuff on him uh you know because they do a lot of things with recruiting and so he's been a name that's been on the horizon for at least a year now uh 
I think he has that talent that Temple needs. You mentioned he probably will get more of his minutes this season, especially defensively. Uh, he's he's struggled a little bit scoring, but I like to see his confidence. He clearly is is a guy that has confidence because uh, I believe one of the games in, in the past three, he, he was about one for five uh, shooting. He doesn't seem afraid to take the three-point shot, even after he misses a few here and there. And that's good to see from, from a guy coming in as a freshman that he's, he's not afraid to miss. He's, he's going to learn from these experiences. He's going to get better. And he's someone that definitely has a big future uh, in Cherry and White. Yeah, no, I, I really, really like him a lot. And I think, yeah, the, getting the experience, the same thing you said with Nick Jordan and all these young guys. And it's it has been such a weird year. And, you know, you missed your first couple of games due to COVID. And it's crazy when all these guys really need to do is practice and play together. And, you know, it, it's finally happening. So it, it seems like, uh, um, you know, we, they've won two in a row playing their 500 basketball right now. Uh, what's your thoughts on the rest of the season? What are you like? What I'm not saying, you know, final uh, regular season prediction record. Um, but just in general, what, what are you looking for? What do you, you know, ballpark kind of assuming no more games are canceled, how many wins do you think potentially they could end up with? Well, I mean, seeing that they're at three right now um, and they have, uh, let's see, they have three games left here in the month of January, they have eight games in February and, and two in March. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, what I'm looking for is this continue to build chemistry together. It seems like the past few games, uh, the younger guys have started to mesh well with, with some of the more veteran guys and they're starting to find their groove. I asked coach if, you know, there was another gear for this team to hit. And he said, definitely there, there's still room for improvement. And we haven't seen the best of this team uh, this season, especially. I definitely think there's a bright future for this temple team. Um, and just looking at the schedule, they, they do have some some tough games. I mean, playing Houston, again, a nationally ranked team in, in the top 10 is is always a, a difficult task. Uh, Wichita State, another one that, that's going to be a tough game. Um, and, and Memphis, they obviously had a game against Memphis postponed early on in the season. So they're going to have to work on rescheduling that. I would like to see some of the big five games that, that got postponed played because it's always good to see those, those rivalries between St. Joe's, Nova, um, Drexel, LaSalle. I, I know that um, those games are on the bigger stage here in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, but I think, you know, currently sitting at, at three uh, wins and they have uh, 13 games left here. Um, I guess not counting the postponements, uh, I could probably see them getting around maybe in the range of, of eight to 10 wins. I think they're going to have good spells and then they're going to have spells where things are just not clicking. And it's going to be because of the lack of game experience for these younger guys. I mean, Damian Dunn's going to have his games where he scores 20 points, but Damian Dunn's also going to have his game where he misses a lot of shots and only makes his mark from the charity stripe. So uh, I think that this team like I said at the beginning, I'm definitely not looking at the season for wins and losses. I'm looking for for growth. I'm looking for, um, you know, who's going to make an impact in the future because this was really a retool year for this team. Aaron McKee's starting to bring his guys in. And uh, I think that, I think they're doing a little bit better than I expected them to do to start the season, especially having to deal with all the postponements and having COVID issues twice with this team. 
uh, and they're handling it really well. And I, I think that if they can be in the middle of the pack in the American Athletic Conference this season and, uh, you know, get around 10 wins, that would definitely be a successful season. Uh, and, and like I said, hopefully they can get those games uh, rescheduled so they have a couple more games to get some of these guys more experience. Um, and I usually do this at the beginning of the show, but I always do have a drink. Uh, tonight I'm drinking a scotch with a splash of water. Uh, Owen, as you mentioned, you're a sophomore. So we, unfortunately, I don't know if I can recommend underage drinking on my podcast. <laughs> uh, you you could have. My, my brother's a cop. I don't college know if students. <laughs> yeah, right? College students are uh, supposed to. I assume you're not on campus right now, right? I am. Oh, you I'm are? Actually, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I have how, a partner here. How's that been? I, I was going to say, you've have you been at the Leacors for the home games? So I've only been to one. It was the SMU home game. So uh, for WHIP, we only have two press passes and mm -hmm. it goes to play by play and color. Okay. Uh, so I'm also along with you know writing and tweeting about the team. I am on a broadcast team. We have three of them. So uh, I am on like select games. I have four games games throughout the season so I'll be able to go to at least two more now the Memphis one I was supposed to do and it got postponed so hopefully they'll can they can reschedule that it looks like they are potentially looking at doing a back-to-back -back, um, against Memphis in late February uh, I wouldn't take my word for that uh, but that's just you know something to look out for but uh, I you know hoping maybe later on in the season they can you know let a couple more people in especially media wise because it's tough uh, a lot of the media is doing it from home only a select few get to be there because they're only allowed to have I think around 125 people at the Leacor Center and that includes players coaches and all the people that work at the Leacor Center so um, it, it's been an interesting situation but I think everybody's making the most of it and you know podcasting like this, talking about the team, um, you know, the media availabilities over Zoom. It's, it's all been, it's all been uh, a fun experience and, and a different experience. And, and I'm glad like it's one that I can say that I've, I've gone through and, and adapted through. Um, and I think a lot of people definitely share the same thoughts, but it's been, it's been interesting, you know, going to like all the games last year and then I've only been gone to one this year and, you know, going to know football games, like it's, it's much different this year, but hopefully, Next year, everything will be back, and fans can be there, and we'll have a lot of a lot more media at the at the games than we have now. Did you cover the football team this year, or were you a or did you just uh, spectate as a fan? Um, so we kind of, I kind of covered it. Uh, I was on a pre-half post-game show team for WHIP Sports, so um, I hosted that a couple of different times, and then uh, obviously doing the social media stuff. I was in charge of. Uh, live tweeting the games. So um, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself like a football reporter or journalist or whatever. Gotcha. Um, I just, I do my part. Um, but, but definitely basketball has, has become the the sport. And, and as I mentioned to you, soccer for Temple, those are the, those are my two bigger sports uh, covering wise, but um, yeah, I did, did a little bit of football dabble, dabble with that. I think we have we have one or two listeners that are Temple soccer fans. What's their give us a, a quick like minute and a half rundown? What's their season looking like this year? <laughs> well, I so the schedule's not released yet, but okay. um, I do have it. Uh, they have 10, 10 games this season. Um, the majority of them are on weekends, and they're playing five different opponents in the AAC, and they are doing home and homes with them. So they'll 
play one uh, at the Temple Sports Complex, and then they'll go to wherever the uh, opposing team plays. So it's going to be an interesting season because I don't you know, know a ton about what's going to happen, whether uh, soccer is going to have the same issues that basketball had and, and college football had in postponing games. Um, it's going to be definitely an interesting season, but uh, they had a good season last year. I think there's still some some good pieces um, left. They're bringing in you know some younger guys, but uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see if they can prolong the season because they are you know an Olympic non-revenue sport. It doesn't get a ton of attention, and um, but hoping to bring a little bit more more to that come the fall. Uh, I think their their first game is the first weekend in February, so it's it's very close, um, and it's. I guess surprising to me how the, the schedule hasn't been released yet, but um, at least I, at least I know what to expect behind the scenes. Um, so I think it'll be a fun year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it because the spring, um, a lot of temple sports going on with football being the only one that played. Uh, so a lot of coverage from all media outlets and just a lot of things going on sports wise around campus, which is definitely more exciting as hopefully things start to kind of open up a little bit more. That's, uh, yeah, I, I think the spring definitely will be an interesting time. Hopefully all those sports can get played and uh, we'll see what, you know, you know, basketball's already had their issues and hopefully all those sports yeah. like soccer and they can all uh, play comfortably. And by then you'll have more press passes and you can go to more games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm hoping to, to be at soccer games this year and we're, we're hoping to act, hopefully do some, maybe a few broadcasts for the soccer games and, and some other temple sports, which, which would be cool. All right, we'll, we'll end on this one. Give me like one good uh, temple, like covering sport, temple sports experience that you had. Maybe, probably not from this year with so limited experience. Maybe freshman year, what was like one of the big things, maybe football, basketball, or any other sport that you really like remember? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you two um, because I'll give one soccer and one basketball. Um, soccer, we're doing a uh, we're doing a live broadcast. We did one we did one live broadcast last year where we did play by play of a Temple soccer game at the sports complex, and we were like mid call, and um, I guess somebody punted the ball up in the air. And it came right down and my, the guy who was doing play-by-play -play just caught the ball, like right when he was doing play-by-play -play and punted up, uh, Mike Singroni was his name, made a terrific catch. Nobody caught it on camera, unfortunately, but it saved all of our equipment uh, and he got a nice round of applause. But uh, the bigger one was probably uh, the baby race at um, the Leah Coors Center last year. I forget what game it was. I don't know who it was against, um, but I remember going down, I was in press row and I just went right down courtside where like the courtside seats are and filmed all the babies running. And it was just a chaotic scene. Some of the like most interesting stuff I've seen at the Leah Core Center. Um, and I think our WHIP team actually did like a play-by-play -play of the baby race, which made it 10 times better. Um, so that was, that was a really interesting experience. And I think maybe the same game, it was Hooters birthday, um, and all the mascots came and were like dancing on the floor. So those are definitely the, the few like interesting, fun, like big moments last year outside of like all the different, you know, sports being played that were just kind of crazy. And I guess out of, you know, out of nowhere moments but yeah they were the baby race was definitely the, the best of them all <laughs> that's funny you mentioned the baby race uh I'll I'll 
gloat a little bit here. Uh, when I was at Temple, I think I was a sophomore or junior, I was at a game and they had to do, I think it was a Chickies and Pete's crab fry walk or something. You had to like crab walk backwards. And it was me oh, and my yeah. buddy, me and my buddy got picked and he's like five, five and I'm about six, two. So I like destroyed him in the crab walk. So like he was like at half court and I'm like, I already, you had to pick up a ball at the other end and dribble down and make a layup. And uh, I got cocky and I tried to dunk it. And I just, the ball just went like straight up in the air. I missed the dunk so bad. Um, luckily I got it and got the rebound. I think I got like a $10 gift card to Chickies and Peeps. And I had like five text messages like, did you really just try that? I'm like, yeah, I got cocky. Didn't work out. <laughs> That's yeah, my well, you, course, uh, moment. <laughs> you mentioned the, the like students participating and stuff. I, I probably should say this because I'd get, I'd get some heat from my uh, sports director at WHIP if I don't mention this, but um, it was one game that we weren't, we weren't like covering and we were just watching it in uh, the stands and he got selected to do a, I think it's a layup free throw and three pointer. And he went three for three. He, he made them all on the first try and guy, I think got $60 and like um, scratch offs. So he, he would probably get on me for not mentioning that because <laughs> I, I've already made a mistake doing that once so um but yeah definitely some some good memories from from the league course center last year and hoping to to make a lot more uh in my you know few few more years that i have here you're i'll, I'll give my friend a shout out brandon volano that's who i i beat in the crab walk so if you, you made me think of it i'll give him a if he he, listen, he does listen to this if he doesn't hear his name he'll i'll get a text from him so um but yeah i mean it, it's i can't wait to go back to games um hopefully next year <laughs> i mean this season it looks like that's just yeah. gonna be a wash um uh owen you have any other good temple stories for us like well how was freshman year where'd you live freshman year in a dorm i assume right i lived at 1300 okay. um so right on cecil be more uh mm -hmm. we won't talk about roommate situations uh, <laughs> just uh my advice for any incoming freshmen is try to find a roommate you, you mesh well with um going into to freshman year uh I mean, freshman year was, it was definitely, you know, both the freshman year and, and the first semester, uh, you know, were, were a good time. Um, you know, especially this semester being online, uh, definitely a whole different atmosphere and experiences that I never thought I'd, I'd ever have, but uh, it's all about making the most of it. And um, I don't know if I have any like big, like fascinating stories from, <laughs> From freshman year, um, I mean, I started a podcast freshman year, so I guess that was kind of a big thing, but um, nothing like outlandish or outrageous, uh, like like the baby uh, racer or whatever. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll have to get you back on at the end of this year, so maybe you'll have a good sophomore story for us. All right. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have a good sophomore story. Hopefully, you know, planning on going to a few more games that I'm that I'm working, and hopefully we get we get some good stories that that come out of that, and uh, you know, hopefully some more interesting soccer stories and can kind of bring maybe some good coverage coverage you'll, to you'll that. catch the ball next time you know It'll yeah be, maybe i'll catch, catch the ball, the ball next time. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe maybe next time i'll have you know some sort of cold alcoholic beverage next to me you yeah you never know right i think it was uh when i did sam newman and sam cone on i think sam cone's birthday was like the next like tuesday or something and i felt so oh, bad for him yeah, i'm like yeah. i just delay it a week like you're turning 21. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a big night. There was a Temple basketball game that night, and yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting night for him. I think. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you got like maybe a good Snapchat from him or something. <laughs> oh no, I just he didn't cover he didn't cover the game. I, I oh, was okay. going to sing Happy Birthday to him in the post game press conference, and he wasn't there, so uh, ah. <laughs> you know, we missed out on that opportunity. But uh, yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, Owen, thanks for doing this. Uh, gladly yeah, we'll course. have you back. Um, best of luck to you the rest of the semester. Best of luck to you with the you know, rest of the basketball season. Hopefully you get to go to a couple more games. All right, dude? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to, to getting this uh, published and listening to this. And, uh, yeah, it was an awesome experience. So thanks for the opportunity again. No problem. I'll tweet this out tomorrow, and I'll, I'll at you in it. All right? And uh, All right. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. And everybody else, I'll be back.